Hi, you are listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. You will be hearing a sermon from Pastor Jared Aron. So without further ado, here he is. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, if you're newer to our church, my name is Jared. I'm one of the pastors on staff, and I feel honored to get to preach on Super Bowl Sunday, which is an American holiday. And for Packers and Bears fans today, we are in the same boat. (laughs) Wishing what could have been maybe next year. On that note of pain, let me pray again for us. Father, we just come to you acknowledging the power of your word. Thank you that your presence is here. I pray, God, that you would Open our eyes uh, to what you want to say to us this morning. Uh, That we would truly come out of the darkness uh, into the light today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to begin by talking about another cultural phenomenon that's taken over over the last few months, and that is Star Wars. If you go into any store, like, before Christmas, it was amazing. Star Wars was on every single thing you could imagine. Soup cans, cereal boxes. I imagine people, like, who work for advertising and marketing firms sitting in a room brainstorming. After hours of brainstorming, one nerd speaks up, let's put Star Wars on it, and everybody agrees, and and that's what's selling stuff these days, Star Wars. Well, our family got into it, and... um, Joshua, Yvonne, and I, we watched all six episodes, uh, the first six episodes, in the months prior to the release of the seventh movie. We went and saw Force Awakens, and it did not disappoint us. And I really debated how compassionate I should be this morning. I don't like to spoil things for people, but you've had two months (laughs) to see the movie. I mean, where are your priorities at if you've not seen Star Wars yet? But I promise, I'll try not to ruin uh, too much. And I want to talk about, just briefly, the main bad guy. His name is Kylo Ren. And I couldn't resist showing this picture, if we can flip this slide. Our little daughter at the store putting on a Kylo Ren uh, mask. Uh, Kylo Ren, uh, throughout the movie, there is an internal struggle within him. There is a battle between darkness and light that begins to get revealed. And there are a couple lines that allude to this in the movie. One character whose identity will remain anonymous says of Kylo Ren, there is still light in him. Even though everything on the outside points to darkness and evil, this person believed there was still good in him. There was still light. There's another scene where Kylo Ren is alone, and you can see the inner turmoil within him. And it's almost like he's offering up a prayer, but he says he feels a call to the light. And then he promises to vanquish that light within him. You don't have to watch Star Wars to know that light and darkness are common themes in movies and stories. Darkness and light speak to the reality of the persistent struggle of good and evil. Not only in the world 
out there, but in each and every one of us, in you and in me. I wish I could tell you this morning that I've completely vanquished darkness in my life and have achieved perfect light and purity. But that is so not true. I still wrestle with pride, being judgmental, being bitter, despair, discouragement. There's a battle between darkness and light. It still wages itself in me. In the scripture this morning in 1 John chapter 1, we're going to see the powerful contrast of light and darkness in the word of God. And as I read the passage for us, I want you to pay attention to the frequent use of light and darkness here. 1 John chapter 1, starting in verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. If we, have, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. And will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If you step back and look at the big picture of this passage, it's basically saying that there are two lives. There's a life that involves walking in the darkness, and there's a life involved walking in the light. And here's the big idea I want to share with us this morning. The life you want is in the life, in the light. The light you truly, the life you truly want, I'm sorry. The life you truly want is in the life. The light. I'm sorry. <laughs> How many times did I do that this morning? This is the life that God has created for you is to live in the light, not in the darkness, not in deception, but to live in the truth of who you really are before God and before others. The life you want is in the light. And I want to impact that this morning through two points. And the first is living in the light before God. Living in the light before God. Let's go back to verse 5 in John chapter 1. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. John is telling us that he received this message from Jesus himself. 
And he wants to make sure it is crystal clear to us. God is light. And in God, there is no darkness whatsoever. There is no compromise or taintedness or wavering in the nature of who God is. He is light in that he is perfect, he is good, and he is true. Often in the Old Testament scriptures, light was used in two primary ways to refer to God. The first one was as God's illumination or guidance. That God's light was a salvation to us. If you remember the Israelites were guided out of Egypt by a pillar of fire at night. God is a light in that he guides us. The second, light was used to refer to God's holiness, his purity, his perfection. God is light. He is perfect and holy and true. Verse 6 says, If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. This is basically saying if we claim to have fellowship with God, meaning if we claim to have a real relationship with God and yet walk in darkness, we deceive ourselves, we lie, we do not live out what is true. To walk in darkness means to live without the benefit of God's illumination and guidance and to live in sin. This isn't an ordinary struggle with sin, which every person, every follower of Christ will struggle with, but more a heart that's resistant to God's conviction, a persistent lifestyle in darkness, unresponsive to the light of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. Let me try to illustrate this uh, from my own life. Growing up, even as a young boy, I struggled a lot with pride. I don't know if people would have known it on the outside, but it was a very real inner struggle for me. An attitude in my heart that led me to believe that I was better than someone else. It was an area of persistent darkness in my life. And I came to Christ when I was around 11 years old. I'll never forget in high school, I was at a youth group meeting, and the youth group, the youth pastor was writing on the board all these different examples of pride. And after he wrote every single one of them, I was like, yep, that's me. That perfectly describes me. And in that moment, there was a genuine conviction in my heart. My attitude is not right before God. This darkness is not okay before God, but is actually very offensive to him. And God was providing illumination in my life and calling me out of the darkness into his light. To live in a real relationship with God involves an openness 
to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and a turning away from darkness when God shines his light on an area of your life. Walking in the light means that you are honest with where you are at before God. I don't think any of us here would deny there is darkness within us. Even verse 8 here says, the person who claims to be without sin is living in deception and darkness. We all struggle with sin and darkness in our lives. And the good news is, is that God is a God of light. He is constantly shining his truth, what is right and good, so people can be invited out of the darkness and into the light where true life is found. I think about a ship at sea amidst the battle of a fierce storm at night. There doesn't seem to be much hope against the powerful waves in the blackness of the night sky. And then a light shines from a lighthouse as a beacon of hope and guidance and salvation. God is like a lighthouse, constantly shining, beckoning us out of darkness and deception and into truth and into light. A person walking in the light will find the searchlight of God's truth constantly exposing the parts of their life that need to be confessed as sin and left behind. Here's the other thing. God knows the darkness and deception in myself and in you. He is not unaware or surprised by any of it. He knows it all. Every single ounce of darkness in us. Yet there's something significant and powerful when we come to a place to acknowledge and take ownership of our own darkness. There's a breakthrough that happens when confession takes place. One uh, theologian writes this, to confess your sins to God is not to tell him anything he doesn't already know. Until you confess them, however, they are the abyss between you. When you confess them, they become the bridge. Confession is a bridge from darkness to light. When God exposes the darkness and sin in us, he wants us to acknowledge it and confess it to him. And if we are worried or unsure of how God will respond when we confess before him, bringing our darkness to him, verse 9 gives us the assurance of his response. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. 
and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God is faithful. He is trustworthy. He is reliable. There is a promise and a guarantee here that our confessed sins will be forgiven by Him. He will purify us and remove the pollution of sin from our lives. And please don't believe that God tires in offering us forgiveness. Rather, there is a delight when we come before Him humble and broken to seek forgiveness and healing from our Father. To step out of the darkness and into the light. We're going to do something a little different uh, this morning. I'm going to stop the message in a few moments. Don't worry, I'm okay. This is all planned. And I want to give us time to respond to God right now. To allow God to search us and invite us to confess any sin before him. and Receive the promise of his grace and forgiveness to us. And after this brief time of confession, I'm going to lead us in a response to take communion together. And then we're going to go on to the second part of the message. Psalm 139 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I'm going to read that again for us. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way Everlasting. Will you allow the God of the universe, our holy and perfect God, to search you right now? Allow him to invite you out of any darkness and into the wonder of his light. If God points out something in your life that's not right, Confess it. Acknowledge it. Be honest with him. Confession is the bridge from darkness to light. Take a step out of the darkness into the light right now as God exposes anything that's not right in your life. So we're going to take a few moments now quietly and personally at your table to spend in prayer, allowing God to search you. And then I'll gather us back together. I know that wasn't a lot of time, but I hope you were able to be honest with God. For over 2,000 years now, followers of Jesus 
have been celebrating the Lord's Supper as a practice to remember Christ and what he did for us on the cross and the richness of his grace to us. I just want to remind us this meal is not a meal of condemnation or shame. It is a meal of our victory in Christ. That we are people who have been called out of darkness into his light. We celebrate the faithfulness of our God through this meal. That he has promised to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. At your table, you have bread and grape juice that represent the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to pass the bread around. We take this meal in community, in relationship with one another. And as you take the bread, to remember that the body of Christ was broken for you. Then have someone pour the grape juice into cups and pass around the cup and drink the cup celebrating the blood of Christ that was shed for you. Then take a few more minutes to linger in the presence of God and to give him thanks for what he has done for you and us as we remember Christ together. And then I'll pray for us. God, the words, thank you, seem so inadequate for what you've done for us. But we want to say thank you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your unstoppable love that sent your Son to pay the price that we could never pay. Thank you that sin and death have been defeated and swallowed up in victory through Christ. May we never forget what you've done for us, God. May taking the bread and the cup remind us of the good news of the gospel and who we are because of you. Again, God, we say thank you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, the sermon will go on now. But remember what I shared up front. The life you truly want is in the light. And God is a searchlight. If we're in relationship with him, he's going to constantly invite us out of the darkness and into his light. And the final thing I want to say this morning is we need to learn to live in the light before others. Living in the light before others. There's something about darkness that's so isolating. The same is true with deception. When our minds and hearts are deceived, it leads us down a mental trail to loneliness and isolation 
I think of the character Gollum, if you're familiar with the Lord of the Rings story. He was tormented by his obsession with the ring. And he decayed into a dark and lonely existence for so many years. It was really through the fellowship of Frodo that Gollum began to come out of the darkness. But in the end, his life was destroyed by the darkness that raged within him. Why do we stay in the isolation of darkness? I think Pastor Frank's sermons the last couple of Sundays have been very helpful and provided some answers to that question. There is fear. There is shame. There is embarrassment. There's deception that keeps us isolated and alone and struggling. The truth is, though, that God does not want this for us. He doesn't want us to stay in the isolation of darkness, but rather to live in the light. And that's where ultimately life and freedom is truly found. Let's go back to the text, verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, purifies us from all sin. Honestly, this verse is the most surprising out of the text for me. Living in the light doesn't just have implications with our relationship with God alone. It impacts our relationship with other people, our community. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. I think it's important for us to remember in community we're all on level ground. We're all on the same playing field. Without Christ, we are hopeless sinners. There's not one person who stands in a community able to step out of the darkness on their own. It is only through the power of Christ and what he has done that we're called out of the darkness and into the light. We have nothing to beat our chests over. We have nothing to boast about. It's all about God bringing us out of the darkness into the light. And another thing is our fellowship with one another will never be built on deception or hiding or staying in the darkness. But will only happen when people walk in the light together. This is what we want to see happen in our relationships here and in our groups, that people share authentically their struggles and in vulnerability and humility They look to the community to help them walk in the light and come out of the darkness. And to remember, as we walk in the light together, it is ultimately Christ who will free us from our isolation and darkness and bring us together in fellowship with one another. 
You know, there's a scene in The Force Awakens where Kylo Ren removes his mask. I think he does it a couple times. I know a lot of people were very unhappy that he did that. He revealed his true identity. But I think it was highlighting the tension in him, showing that he was really wrestling with whether to stay in the darkness or come out to the light. To live in the light before others, we have to begin to take off the mask and reveal what is true and real about us in our relationships and in our community. I've seen time and time again people take off their mask and quit pretending to stop hiding and to be honest with themselves, with, with others, and with God. And how when people take off their masks, God does something glorious and transformational and powerful in that person's life and in those relationships. I've seen people take off their masks and share deep, dark secrets of sin and struggle that were wrought with shame and embarrassment and great pain. And watch how God's grace was manifested through a group of people who loved and walked with that person in the name of Jesus. And God broke in. God broke into the darkness and brought his light into that person's life. I've seen an unbeliever take off her mask and be very honest with her anger towards God, thinking that because of her anger towards God, God wanted nothing to do with her. And then watch as a couple followers of Jesus began to tell her and show her that God loves her no matter what. That he's not done with her. And she took off the mask and heard the reality of God's love for her. She experienced the power of the cross, the transformation that only Christ could provide. I've seen people in community acknowledge their struggle with God and with faith their struggles with life and marriage. And stop pretending everything is okay. And watch as they came out of the darkness into the light, how God was at work, how God broke in. There's something significant and transformational when people remove the mask and stop pretending. Stop hiding. There's a work of grace that God does when people take a step out of the darkness and into the light. The life you want is truly in the light. Before God and before others. Will you take off the mask You're not a superhero. You don't have to be. And start being honest with God and others. 
You don't have to take off the mask for everybody and post on Facebook. But will you start with one person? Or start with a small group of people that you truly trust? Don't stay trapped in the darkness anymore. But be honest with yourself, with God and others, and walk in the light. As I close, I want to remind us that there's only one way out of the darkness. You cannot manufacture light on your own. A great career or a wonderful family will not rescue you from your darkness. Material things will not make up for the inner turmoil and battle within you. You will not be able to work your way out of the darkness by your own effort. The only way out of the darkness is through the light of the world. Jesus Christ. There is no other way. He alone is sufficient and he alone is the answer and the way out of the darkness. My hope and prayer for us as a church is that we would live together in the light more and more. Be more honest with God and before one another. And to really ask God to continue to show us that the life we truly want is in the light. Amen. I want us to respond a little bit differently uh, this morning. It was supposed to be a Connection Sunday, but I just felt like the direction of the message didn't really lend itself to 25 minutes of conversation at a table. Uh, But I want us to take a few moments to to pray together. Um, So in a minute, I'm going to ask you to break into groups of three or four at your table. And I'm very aware and sensitive to the fact that this might feel uncomfortable for some of you. And I'm, I'm not asking anybody to have to pray. We're not forcing you to pray. But I just felt like a message about living in the light before others warranted a response in community and relationship with one another. So I'll give you a few minutes in groups of three or four, and here's what I want you to pray. And there might be moments of silence, and that's okay. That's totally fine. But I just want you to pray what's on your heart, if you feel led to pray out loud. To maybe pray for our church, that we would truly be a church that walks in the light together. Maybe there's something that God led you to confess during the confession time, that you would feel comfortable praying that in community and just really walking in the light before one another. And I just want to remind us that prayer is not about our eloquence or how smart we sound before God. It really is where our hearts are at. Um, So pray as you feel led. So we're going to break in groups of three to four people right now at your table. And we'll give you about three, four minutes to pray together. Briefly introduce yourself, but don't spend all the time in doing introductions. Pray.
God, we thank you for the prayers that have been lifted up right now. Thank you for hearing them and for not turning a deaf ear to us, God. God, we recognize how much we need your help to really be people that walk in the light. We pray, God, that you would just continue to stir and seal this conviction in our lives, God. That we would not be people who hide or pretend or cower in shame and isolation, but we would be people who step out trusting you, that you are faithful, that the life you want for us, God, that you will provide the means and the grace for us to truly become people who walk in the light. So we pray you would continue this work in us, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.